Okay, so what's good, y'all? It is showtime, showtime, showtime. Uh, just to let y'all know, if you're in the car and you don't have time to watch this, we are live right now. I love doing my lives um, for my podcast and my show at the same time. You know, that way you get the blessing of hearing my ears or hearing my voice, per se, um, through your ears or seeing my face. Uh, as you guys know, I am the Lost African. I'm your host. This is Afro Nations. And we're going to do the Shy Season 3, the recap, up until now. I know the season isn't over with, but we're going to do up until now. All right? Now, um, as you guys know, or if you didn't know, like I said, if this is your first time um, hearing my voice on my podcast, shout out to all my sponsors. Uh, shout out to my very first sponsor, Anchor, uh, my top other two uh, Google Podcasts and Spotify. I appreciate you guys letting me on your platform for the ability for the ability for people to hear my voice. Uh, but shout out to all my Facebook followers. Thank you, Afro Nation, uh, for growing so much. But um, so we're gonna talk about the shy and the season three recap. As you guys know, I am I am actually from Chicago. I'm a Chicago native, born and raised. Six zero six. You know all those zip codes. Uh, but I want to talk about the shy in a different type of context. First off, uh, pay homage to the people who created that show. Uh, not too many people have a show nationally created about them, about their city. So uh, thank you for the people who created that show. I pay homage to you. And we're going to dive in. So uh, one of the biggest things and the reason why I want to talk about this, because I think people gloss over the messages that the shy tries to portray you know some are big and they're right there it's kind of like how can you miss that but then some are kind of like man what what are they talking about you you kind of have to dive deep into them now um the first one i'm going to talk about is probably the most talked about but in a different context so it's about keisha and her being kidnapped right and, you know, of course, they have little heckles and stuff like that. They're like, you know, man, goddamn, what's she going to get away from? Um, what's she going to get away from old boy? You know what I'm saying? They're they doing their little jokes and whatnot. But I wanted to dive into that first because, to be honest with you, uh, that is a serious problem for our black women, which is why I always say, please protect our black women when you can, our little girls, the kids, you know, um, please protect them. But I really wanted to talk about that in that context, like, our women, colored women, all women are being kidnapped, but particularly melanated women, colored women are, are being kidnapped at a high rate in reality, in real life. Um, and I think people are kind of glossing over that. And the shy wanted to, you know, dive in. They made it pretty much most of the season about her. So in that context, they like, yo, y'all need to pay attention to this. Our women are going missing. Our kids are going missing. Our black women are going missing. And we need to protect the ones that are here and try to save the ones that aren't here. Um, you know, and that's that's a big issue. Uh, that is a real issue. Our women are going missing and we have to do a better job as black men protecting our black women, our mothers, our aunties, our sisters, our nieces, our daughters. Um, so I wanted you guys to like really home in on that. If you guys missed it, you know what I'm saying? Um, the next one that I wanted to talk about, because we're just going to go down the list. Uh, it's Shine on Black Entrepreneurship. 
And the shine on black entrepreneurship is actually in the context of Emmett. And I know Emmett, so for me, there's a piece of either my family or myself that I can see in every character. When I say every character, I literally mean every character. There's a piece of either myself or my family. I don't even mean my immediate family, you know, my cousins, my aunties. Like there's a piece of me or my family that I see in every character. So when I say the shine on entrepreneurship, I'm talking about Emmett. And I know Emmett isn't the best or, or perfect guy or perfect character, but Emmett is a black man in America and he's a black man in Chicago who, despite having all these obstacles, making mistakes, you know, he, he has a lot of financial struggles and means, um, you know, he loves all his kids, but he did have a lot of baby mamas and a lot of kids. Um, but he still tries to provide for them along with chasing his dream through all these obstacles. So this is what I mean. He is a pure hearted entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is the modern day term or what we like to call. So like what we like to call in the streets, a hustler. Emmett is a hustler or entrepreneur. It's the same thing. It's just two different terms. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people probably didn't notice that or didn't pay deep attention to that. Like the man's um, shout out to Sonny. Even though I kind of, you know, I understand that in the context of actually what happened, Sonny was, you know, having struggle, having payment, stru payment struggles, and he couldn't afford to keep up with the place. And he knew that it would be in good hands to give the place over to a person who's worked there, who knows the community. That's how I feel about BET. So I'm going to take this even further um, in regards to just the context of what I'm talking about. That's how I feel about BET. Um, you know, you, you value your company company at what you value it for, but sometimes money shouldn't be the end all be all. It shouldn't always be about money. Yes. You know, sell whatever is yours, whatever you own to the value that you think it is, but it shouldn't always be about money. And I say that particularly to BET because BET is a staple of who we are in the God text of it's a national brand that pushes the content and the symbolism of what everyone else will perceive what black people are. It's called black entertainment television. It's our entertainment. It's our television or it's supposed to be ours. So why is it that we couldn't give it over to, in this context, someone in the community like how Emmett took over Sonny's? Uh, but I also wanted to... Uh, dive into that relationship on the context, because all of this talks about the conflicts and issues that we face in Black America, not only in Chicago, because Chicago is pretty much, to me, just a remnant of all the other cities. Um, but I also want to talk about the context or conflicts and issues that we have in a as a community um, that we don't have a lot of mentors. There aren't a lot of male mentors, um, especially Black male mentors. Um, but there aren't a lot of male mentors. They're out there. I appreciate all the men who do it, especially the black men who do it. Um, but um, we don't. You don't have a lot of male mentors in our communities, black and brown, uh, impoverished, low-income communities. There, there just aren't. It's like they went up and disappeared from somewhere. Um, because Sonny, even though... Emmett didn't live up to Sonny's expectation. Sonny still tried to instill him to be a better man, a better father, you know, teach him 
um, entrepreneurial qualities, skills that you can use in the corporate world, how to run a business, you know, how to how to learn finances, booking, um, you know, that there are different avenues from, you know, selling selling sneakers or selling weed. You know what I'm saying? He tried to instill a lot of these things and we're missing that in, in a lot of our communities, especially in the uh, low income and poverty communities or the hood. You know what I'm saying? To be frank, which we, we, we don't have male mentors in the hood, which is why you see, uh, especially for black and brown people, that there is a strong misguidance and a lot of us end up in jail. I know this because I used to do correction work, like literally a lot of us end up in jail um, because we don't have that guidance. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Mr. Perry. So Mr. Perry, for those who don't know about the characters, um, Mr. Perry is the guy who's running for mayor up against, um, I forget the character's name, uh, but she's a black woman. He's, he's running up against a black woman. Um, so Mr. Perry, or as his alter name is called Duda. And there's a scene, I'm gonna give you the description of the scene and to me why it's important because it, it touched me. It touched the lost African. It touched me as Salas. It, it touched me as uh, a black man or a young man that uh, grew up that just, we didn't have a lot, you know, and we were always told or judged upon that we were either going to end up dead or in jail, like the, the reality of hoods. So in the scene, um, he talks about his dreams of becoming the mayor. Becoming the mayor was his dream. And his teacher you know, pretty much doubted his dream and limited him to his environment. He, she, he or she, whoever his teacher was, limited him to his environment, telling him that, oh man, you from 63rd. Any hood is all hoods are the same. But they go like, man, you from 63rd. You can't um you can't become the mayor. What type of what type of aspiration is that? Boy, you better go learn a trade, you know just bashing his dreams and doing that to a young man and a black man saying that, man, you not going to get off this corner, basically. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to escape this neighborhood. You can't accomplish these things. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, only limiting him to his environment is a thing that we should not do, especially to each other uh, as black people, but especially to anyone, uh, black, white, Asian, do not limit um, a child's dream or your child's dream. Now, yes, you should instill in them the reality of what it takes to make their dream come true. That means it's going to take hard work. Like what what I do when you see um when you see my show, when you see me asking other people questions, the fact that I'm always in your face now is because I know it takes hard work to get my message out. I know it takes hard work to inspire my people. Like I was talking to my homie today. Uh, and on the, on the side note, he was like, man, with everything that's going on, which is why I like to talk about my city, with everything that's going on, you know, he's like, man, Joe, uh, it might be time to sway. You know what I'm saying? Our people, black people, brown people, people in poverty, I just, you know, it's it's w what's going on with the world. You know, they, they, they looting all these other things. And you know what I told him? I said, Doing what I do, I cannot give up on my people. I will not give up on my people. I don't care how long it's going to take. Uh, 
if I have to be the example. Uh, shout out to Preacher for being the example. Shout out to Brother Baca for speaking up. Shout out to Didi. Shout out to um, my sister Kelly. People that I mentioned, they are, they are also speakers. Uh, topics with Kales, like um, shout out to all of us who are trying to steal and steal that piece of motivation that, you know, we can be great. Um, but those things like don't don't limit yourself to your environment. Now, I coming from the hood because I'm from the hood, like I'm from the wild. So I'm going to state that, yes, it is a lot of obstacles um, growing up in the hood. It is. But you don't have to stay stuck in those obstacles. Yes, the grind is not going to be easy. To make it out the hood is not easy at all. That's why I commend everyone that does it. Um, but you don't have to stay in that environment or your mentality doesn't have to stay in that environment. You can choose a different route. It is possible to change the direction. Preacher. So I know Queese before he became Preacher. And I'm so proud to call that man my brother and know him, especially because we're from the same hood. And in that context, uh, he's made a life change to make his life better and inspire people. And he's making it happen. So just because we grew up in the hood, we didn't, we found a way to change our mentality and a way to inspire and encourage other people to make that choice also, to inspire other people to speak, to inspire other people to try other ways. I understand that um, the obstacles that we have make it hard for us to get houses, get jobs. So then we're, we're limited to the the financial means other than a regular job to get those things. So we turn to other obstacles that aren't always pretty, but that's the reality. So a lot of people like to judge the reality of our, our hardships, but they've never lived our hardships. So who are you to judge the, the path that they take? But then again, you don't have to stay. Um, you don't have to stay, uh, on that path or in that mentality, if you guys are getting what I'm saying. Uh, and that's that's the perspective to roll back to Mr. Perry or Duda. That's what I mean. You know, he didn't let someone tell him, oh, I'm just another black man uh, from 63rd. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be nothing. I ain't gonna become nothing. I'm gonna be this stereotypical person. I'm really, I'm gonna try to change it. Yes, I know who he is. I know his content of the, of the character itself, but on the context of what he's trying to do as far as run for the mayor and push for his dream, that's something, um, as a black man, I'm going to keep trying to inspire and push for your dream. Don't let anybody tell you that um, this is impossible if this is something that you want to do. Not even your parents, not even your friends, nobody. Yes, you as parents, for my followers and my viewers who are parents, yes, tell your kids the reality that it's not going to be easy. And, you know, if they want to do or, and give them ideas for another uh, financial path, another another way to to make money or another another trade or, or something like that. But don't sway them away from their dreams. Um, another thing that I want to talk about is 
the different forms of black love. And when I say this, I'm meaning that different form of black love and, and black expression. So when I say different forms of black love, I mean that even um even um what are they names? I think it's oh Jace. Jace's uh other older brother, not now Ridge, the one who's in the season now. Jason's the older brother. Um regardless of how some people may view it, uh, these are two black people who, despite all the obstacles that they'll face, the looks that they'll face, either from their community and others, they're still able to love each other as, as black people. LGBT love as far as Keisha's mom marrying um, another black woman and, and that version of black love or even, um, what's a, what's a good example? Um, I can kind of say Ronnie's because on that version of Black Love, as because when I put it, different forms of Black Love, straight or e, e L G B T. Um, and they're they're all beautiful in their own way, shapes, or forms. Is because they stuck by each other. You know. The, their partner, the man, didn't give up on their black queen. They stuck with them as long as they could, and they still supported them on either versions. So Ronnie, when uh, his his son, in the context that he saw the young boy as his son, when his son passed, he tried his best to to stick by that woman, even though she was pushing the world away, him away. She tried his very best to stick by that woman, and he ended up saving um, Keisha. Um. The Keisha's mom and and her wife or you know her partner. It was it was times where they was pushing each other away while Keisha was gone and they stuck by each other, you know. So that that's what I want to commend them on the different forms of black love and showing black unity in that form. Um, I like the context that we're going to go over the other book, the bullet point. I like the context of a piece of black history. So when I say a piece of black history, uh, which is what I'm all about, history going back to who we are as, as black people, our actual heritage, because that's the core context of my show. But the piece of black history is far this, the creation of black culture, what came behind it. Um, the reason why I also say when I do my show this Thursday in regards to Kamala Harris, what black means to the African-American and that black is a title for us. Um, so when I say the piece of black history, uh, the the scene in the part of one of the episodes in season three, where Ronnie takes his mother to what they call Foxy's and it was renamed something, but she was the owner. That's another thing, a piece of black entrepreneurship. This was a black woman in the, I believe late 60s, 60s, 50s, even black, black, entrepreneurship that was a part of uh what we call black metropolis back then or black wall street uh still for her to be a woman and own a club um whether this context is true or not that version or or that that scene is strong um and then they talk about the the background of the club and what it used to be 
and how Foxy's was a a piece of home, a piece of homage, a piece of uh, solidarity for Black people who ran away from the South during the Great Migration. Chicago was a part of the Great Migration, which is why, you know, if you come across a lot of people that's from the South and you'll be like, they'll ask you because they'll ask me. A lot of our grandparents, aunties, and uncles, we come from the South through the Great Migration. So she talks about how Foxy's in this version was a piece of solidarity for Black people just to run away from the South. Chicago was a piece of solidarity for Black people trying to escape the South in the 50s and the 60s. And it didn't matter if you were a police. It was just a place to let go from all the worries uh, that we had during the, the Great Migration and during all those hard times of, of oppression um, during the Civil Rights Act and those things. So it was a it was a place for all Black people to come together. Uh, so they they put a heim, they put a limelight on that. Um, so let me see. So I wanted to talk about the context of us changing as Black people, especially as Black men, that we can change for the better. And this is the context of Ronnie. So when I talk about us being able to change as Black people, I mean the perception that is pushed upon the Black woman, the perception that is pushed upon the Black man. Uh, you know, that there were only this type, there were only, as been recently labeled, thugs in the media, that were only criminals, that were only drug dealers, that we only rap, that we only sing, that that's all that we know how to do. Um, but in the context of Ronnie, in regards to relate to the show, that he was able to change that. Yes, I know that it wasn't right for what he did when he killed the young man without having all the evidence, but he was able to, to change and reinvent his life before his passing as far as getting off of alcohol. Alcohol is a very strong drug. Um, you know, I, I've, I, I know alcoholics. I've seen alcoholics. Alcohol is a very strong drug, all drugs, being able to wing and get sober up and being able to, to find religion to help him repent and save Keisha. You know, so, yeah, you can't always look at Ronnie as a hero, but he did do something great before his passing. So that goes back or folds into the context of black men and even black women being able to change especially on that context of how the media portrays us, that we only sell drugs, that we only game bang, that we only know how to rap and sing. And that is not true. So, and my last bit of, my last bit of, of context that I want to talk about in regards to Keisha. So, you know, after Keisha, after Ronnie saves Keisha, there is a point that uh, her mom walks in the room and I think the timeline that they gave it, that she was only missing for like a week, uh, that's a short time. But it, that, and, and the background that they went through through those seven days, she went through hell. So that goes to the context of, of what these women go through. Like she went through hell. That's, that's tra traumatic. Uh, that's a PTSD type of type of thing. That's a, that's a whole situation. Um, but in the context of when Ronnie saves her and she comes back home and her mom comes into the room and her mom tells her, you know, uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, but 
your scholarship is gone. And, you know, that that hit home for me in the context of her scholarship was a full ride. She got a full ride uh, academic scholarship, but a sports scholarship. She got a full ride to a college paid for four years. Do you know what that means for uh, black and brown people, people that come from poverty, stricken incomes to earn these scholarships? It's a way out that a lot, a lot of us can't even seem to dream about anymore. Like I want you, everything that I'm talking about, I promise you it is a serious thing. So please like and share this, especially when I talk about the context of my city or just living in the hood and the things that we go through, especially as black people and brown people, because these communities go through the same thing. We have a lot of similarities. Um, But on the context of her losing her scholarship, after she went through everything, you feel trapped. And that touched home for me because um, I hadn't had a big um, traumatic thing hit like that for me. But something similar in the context of feeling trapped happened. So like you guys know, I mentioned before, uh, I am not just the Afro activist. I do not just speak. I do. I'm in a real estate school. I started the real estate adventure and I do stocks. So what happened in regards to this content? Um, I'm going out there. Um, I'm going to these seminars to qualify for this down payment assistance. And I'm trying to get this real estate. I'm trying to buy my first building. I'm, I'm saving up money. Um, I'm grinding. I'm, I'm getting a second job. All this. Right. So I, I meet my, my short term goal. I save up the money. I fill out everything for my uh, my down payment assistance program through the state. Uh, I go to the seminars. Uh, I talk to the lenders. I got me a real estate agent. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I, I get my pre-approval. I get my pre-approval with a piece of paper saying, yo, the bank going to back you. You can go buy for this amount at this price in, in any area. Wherever you look up and find, yo, it could be a great area. Wherever you look up and find uh, a good building uh, for this price range, you can buy it. The bank gonna back you. We got you. Boom. I got my pre-approval saying, yeah, I got the money. They're gonna, they gonna give me the money from the bank. Boom. This this my I have my earnest deposit. I have everything lined up, right? Then the pandemic happened. The pandemic happened, right? The pandemic hit me. And you know, everybody is scrounging for money, scrounging for loose change. Um, the bank's trying to hold on and give out only only strong clients that that are able to sustain their their money or back their loans because a lot of people and even to this right now is in fear of foreclosure but on the context of feeling trapped i get a phone call from my lender and they go just like this they say um you know due to everything that's going on uh we have to pull back uh, from from our from our promises. If you haven't closed on a home, this is the same day. They say, yeah, you got to close on your home. In the world. Oh wow. Uh, hold on, y'all. So. My power just went off, bro. 
damn it. Uh, but I'm gonna try and finish the story. Hopefully, uh, y'all still listening and still hear me. So they get on the phone. They like, yo, um, they like, yo, uh, you gotta close on your house by three o'clock. Okay, we back, we back. Is my internet coming back on? Let me see. Let me see, let me see. Um, hold on, y'all. My uh powering out of my crib. So I'm gonna see if we can reconnect to the internet. But long story short for my for my podcast people, they told me that I couldn't buy my home, that I had to close by three o'clock. So everything that I talk about, you know what I'm saying, it touched me in different type of ways. And um I was shattered because I felt trapped. I was like, I got a way to make residual income, finally try to start to make my way to be successful, come out of poverty, and, and I can't go anywhere. I'm, I'm stuck. Now what I'm going, I'm talking about, I was so defeated, so defeated. I mean, I was crushed in, in those few moments because you can't rush these decisions, you know, buying a home and things like that. So, um, yeah, man, every, everything I talk about, it hit home. All the characters hit home for me in different ways. And I just wanted to express that with y'all. But peace and love. I am the lost African. I'll holler at y'all later.